Tomorrow, the Florida Gators take on the Tennessee Volunteers, and I'm going to get you a little better prepped for the game on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Wilson. Find me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole non-sports and Giants country of SI.com. Before getting into today's content, just ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is that you want to do. But hey, you know, you, you can be nice, you can be mean, you can say whatever you want. Um, I can be mean back. I'll say that if you, if you want to, you know, do in the comments, we can get into it then. But what we are getting into right now, Florida Gators offense versus Tennessee Volunteers defense. Usually we do start off with the offense. We're going to do that. Running the ball, I mean, has to be the focal point here. And I'm not even talking about Anthony Richardson um, with his throwing woes, whatever you want to call them. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about running the ball should be a focal point because explosive plays are there versus the Tennessee Volunteers, both in terms of Tennessee not getting to the hole in time, um, missing tackles. I think it was the pit game. They had uh, 13 in the run game alone. That's pretty dang bad. Um, first game and third game were against MAC teams. So not to be a jerk about it, but not – Super impressive uh, opponents there. Pitt was the only one that really challenged them, and they went into overtime. So there's that. Look, the Tennessee Volunteers, because I realized that this whole week I've been hearing the Volunteers' run defense is so good this year. The Volunteers' run defense is so good. Tennessee's run defense is so good. Yes, they have more depth on the edge, and they have more depth even on the interior defensive line and at linebacker. Doesn't mean it's been so good. I think that because the Volunteers' defense has been significantly better than it's been in the past on film, that a lot of people are like, "Oh, they're so good comparatively." When that's it's just not the case. They are very good comparatively, but they're not very good. Period at run defense, and that's kind of something that I think has been getting a little overlooked. Um, so let's not let's not give them credit where it's not due. Hold this rushing attack into check, and we can talk. Um, can start talking about okay, this Tennessee Volunteers run defense is really good, but Pitt. I know there was like the one really long rush, and then I think there were two or three other runs that went for like ten to fifteen ish. Um, again, Max schools were the other ones. Don't care. You also have not faced a quarterback as athletic as Anthony Richardson. And you probably won't for the rest of the year, win or lose. You, you probably won't face a quarterback as athletic as Anthony Richardson is. And here's the thing as well with Anthony Richardson that I, I said in the crossover and I said on other Tennessee podcasts this week. Anthony Richardson has to use his legs. I don't care about, well, we know that there's some depth issue at quarterback, so I can't get hit. I don't care about anything, really. If he's banged up, say he's banged up. Because otherwise, he's just not playing to the best of his ability. If he's banged up and you're worried about it, I understand that. I still think that either way, you run this ball with Anthony Richardson because this is one of those games where you put it on the line. Like, like that's what I'm saying. You put it on the line here. You can run 
and slide also. Don't hurdle the guy. Don't don't hurdle him. Don't try to truck. Don't try to juke. I don't care. Get whatever yards you can. And once a defender's within like three yards, you slide and, and just call it call it a game. It doesn't matter. Uh, if, if Anthony Richardson is not willing to run the ball, the Florida Gators will almost definitely lose this game handedly. We don't even have to talk about how Tennessee has struggled against scrambling quarterbacks. I think Matt Corral put 195 on them on the ground, and that's Matt Corral. I can't remember another game where he had 100 in his career. Um, So I think that you've really got to be like, hey, this has been their weakness. If they spy Anthony Richardson, whatever they do, they're going to do. But don't give them anything easy. Make them earn it. The offensive line really has to be in check today, or tomorrow. Um, Byron Young and Tyler Barron are just, they're screamers off the edge. They're simple, so they, they like to get to the opportunity to pin their ears back and just get into the backfield, and they're going to do that against Florida. I have no reason to not think that. We can talk about containing. They're just going to bend around outside, and they're going to have a spy, which, by the way, means three defenders will be on Anthony Richardson, essentially, every play, whether it's pass or run. Three defenders will be keyed in on him, which is why I want design runs. I I want read options. I want speed options. I want you to say, okay, they're really keying in on Anthony Richardson, so let's run a speed option, and then he pitches it out. There's three guys focused on Anthony Richardson, and then there's Montreal Johnson with one man to beat, and I want to see plays like that. Uh, communication is also key on this offensive line because Tennessee, they like to send off ball linebackers, whether they're coming up to the line or staying back and then blitzing on a delayed blitz. They like to send off ball linebackers on pressure on, uh, on blitzes. That's what they like to do. So offensive line needs to communicate and know who is going to pick up whom in this situation. So I think that the Florida Gators offensive line, you have to be spot on in pass protection and the run game. Keep doing your thing because the run blocking, I, I get, the, you know, the PFF grades aren't amazing, but run blocking has been pretty dang good. And the running backs have been pretty dang good. So run the ball, find success that way, and I'll, and just, just don't shoot yourself in the foot offensively. That's what you got to do there. And also Tennessee's defense, man coverage is the name of the game for them. That's what they like to do. It's their bread and butter. It's what they do the significant majority of the time. It also allows them to blitz. Florida, you know, they like to blitz. They like to run creepers and sim pressures and all these things while playing zone. And it's like, well, you don't have to sacrifice on the back end. Tennessee sacrifices on the back end. They do. They like to run cover zero, and they like to get after you real quick. And they like to run cover one, but blitzing a linebacker instead of having one underneath. Playing that man coverage allows them to blitz how they want to. And the best bet to kind of negate it might be quick slants, uh, from the slot specifically to get behind the blitzers. So quick slants there. Um, get the ball to running backs, or I mean, in this case, we know that they're going to target receivers in the flats. So get the ball to receivers in the flats, running backs in the flats, and hope that they can make a play after the catch. Don't run a wide receiver screen necessarily. Or if you do, have it be a little bit of a, I don't even want to say a tunnel screen. I just want to say make sure that you have the receiver coming to the ball. Maybe have the running back coming out to crack the slot defender, the slot receiver coming out to crack the uh, corner that's supposed to be on Xavier Henderson in this case. Let X catch it and try to get upfield as quickly as he can. Um, it, it's execution here. It's attacking. 
their their weak spots and and uh, kind of being an opportunist with that aggressive style that Tennessee is going to have. And I, I think that, you know, Billy can get it done. I think he will. I think that a lot of plays – I think this is going to be a big play game for Florida. I do. I think that running the ball on offense, they're going to have their big play opportunities and they have to take advantage of those. We're about to talk about the Florida Gators defense versus the Tennessee Volunteers offense. But first, a quick word from Underdog Fantasy because this episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season, by the way. It's easy to play and win cold, hard cash in a single game. And I can tell you that I've done it quite a bit. I've done it with the NFL and college as well. Um, but man, college has been fun. Just college has been fun. It's easier for us. You know, we watch the Florida Gators all the time. We know what they do. Montreal Johnson will have more than 55 and a half rushing yards against the Tennessee Volunteers. So guess what I'm picking? <laughs> I can tell you that right now. There's just so many great things about underdog fantasy. They've got a fantasy platform that has a fun user experience. I love the little, when you click share, it's just, it's aesthetically pleasing when you click share and they have the screenshot ready for you. Uh, so fun user experience, great support staff. You can sign up with the promo code locked on and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100 and get another $100. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We're talking about this Florida Gators defense now against the Tennessee Volunteers offense, which we all know. Tempo, tempo, tempo. Uh, the Volunteers offense, I believe, is averaging 80 plays per game to this point, or 77.3, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 77.3 plays per game so far this season. That's a lot more than Florida's used to. I will say that I think Florida's offense is going to try to just take the air out the ball. We heard Rob Sale and Billy Napier talk about, you know, when we were at Louisiana, we won some games we shouldn't have because we just dominated time of possession. I think Florida is going to try to do that this week against uh, Tennessee. I think that's the best way to negate that up-tempo offense. But more about the actual offense, Hendon Hooker has to be the player that we talk about the most, has to be the focal point more, most of the time. Because Hendon Hooker does a a pretty good job of handling the blitz and extending plays with his legs. He does like to throw the ball. He likes to extend plays with his legs. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the Gators, you know, sim pressures and creepers specifically that we've talked about so much where they aren't blitzing, but they're sending pressure in from one side and they're making it feel as if there is a blitz. Um, I know I tweeted the video yesterday. I just tweeted one player from the South Florida game of uh, it was Creepers. Shamar James came in as a free runner, and he got a hit on Jerry Bohannon against South Florida, forced an incompletion. It was, it was, it was a great play for the Gators defense. That's what you can expect to see. Uh, again, I didn't want to post a ton of it, but thank you to the person that's watermarking it. I don't know if saying their name will get them in trouble, so I don't want to say their name, but yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that kind of trying to make Hendon Hooker think more than he wants to. I realize I say that all the time, you know, that the Florida Gators defense, it's about making quarterbacks think more than they want to, making them think more than they want to, showing them different things after the snap than they saw pre-snap. I think against Hendon Hooker, it is even more... Uh, even more important to do this because Hendon Hooker doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I think he has one turnover-worthy play on the entire season so far. So he's played pretty dang well, but make him make mistakes in order to win the game. And win first down, 
all that fun stuff. They are also going to throw the ball a ton against the Florida Gators. You know it. Screens will account for about 20% of Hendon Hooker's pass attempts. That's that's what they do. Um, so so you got to fly to the ball if you're Jason Marshall, if you're Avery Helm, if you're Jalen Kimber, if you're Devin Moore, if Jaden Hill gets on the field, if you're Trevez Johnson, if you're Trey Dean, if you're Rashad Torrance, if you're Shamar James, if you're Amari Bernie, if you're Derek Wingo, if Ventro Miller plays, I don't care who it is. Fly to the ball because they are going to throw a lot of screens. You need to make that stop. Again, win first down. They run that first down wide receiver screen, make the stop and make it second and 10, second and nine, second and 12. I don't care what you make it. Make it second and long and make them earn every damn yard tomorrow. This is a game where, yes, we. I'm, Hayden said it on Wednesday. Hayden said we got to strike early and we got to take the air out of that crowd, take the noise out of them, take their life away, make sure they cannot impact the game. Do that early, Gators. Take it out quickly. Hendon Hooker favors throwing to his right, but he's not a can't throw to his left kind of quarterback. Um, that's just he's going to throw more of his passes to the right, as most right-handed quarterbacks do, but his is a little more skewed that way. But again, still very capable of making passes to the left side of the field. As far as coverages go for the Florida Gators, expect to see more press coverage than usual. We've seen the Gators this year play up on the line, not necessarily press a ton, and if they do press, it's usually not consistent. Expect more press than usual this year, uh, or this week. 53% of Tennessee's passes have gone from the line of scrimmage to nine yards downfield, not including all the screens that they've run. So a huge majority of their passes go behind the line of scrimmage to nine yards past the line of scrimmage. So you're looking at a team that they want to keep the ball very, very close to the line of scrimmage. Maybe that's part of the reason Hendon Hooker doesn't turn the ball over much because he's, you know, thrown right there. Um, So maybe that's part of the reason. But here's the thing. Play press coverage. Allow your pass rush to get in and disrupt plays. And if you're playing press, you know, you're going to disrupt all the timing that Tennessee wants to operate with. And Tennessee, they care about timing. I don't care if Cedric Tillman plays, by the way. That's not something I'm worried about right now. Um, I'm, I've am i said this before. I'm more concerned with the Gators' offense than the defense. I think the defense can get it done. I think that this staff is incredibly bright on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and so handling Hendon Hooker and sending the kitchen sink at this man is something that I think they're going to do. Coverage-wise, I think they know. Play press. Play, pr- play quarters. Play cover one, cover zero. I don't care. They're not going to play much cover zero. But you get the point. Play press, get in their face, disrupt their timing, disrupt everything. And I know that you could say that about every game, every week, but it is more important against a high-octane passing attack like the Tennessee Volunteers have. It's more important to play that press when they love keeping the ball short. This is not necessarily an air raid or full spread. It's, It's a hybrid, but... They still want to keep the ball short, get easy completions, yards after catch, quick first downs, and, and go up tempo and kill you with that. Don't let them. You're going to see rotating corners. You're going to see rotating linebackers, D-line. Everybody's going to rotate. I think even the safeties will rotate. I don't think you'll see them, you know, maybe not a complete platoon swap, but you'll see Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance start, and then Kamari Wilson and Trey Dean go in, and then 
uh, Kamari Wilson and Rashad Torrance go in and then trade in Rashad Torrance again, you're going to see these rotations a lot. I do, I genuinely think you'll see that. You'll probably see Jadarius Perkins play the star a bit. You'll see Kamar Wilcoxon on the field probably at some point. Uh, I think that the defense is going to have to rotate a ton, especially because in the second half of games, they've been murdered by offenses. So rotate a ton early, keep them fresh. And if you have to on drives that matter, you have your best players on the field and they're feeling relatively fresh. Final thing to talk about with this Vols offense against Florida Gators defense, extra protection. The Volunteers are going to do this. The Volunteers love to keep their running backs in pass protection, which also I will say, I don't know why. Um, they suck. It's the best way I could put it. <laughs> they, they're running backs. They keep them in pass protection, but they suck at it. They're, they're bad pass protecting running backs. So if you get that one on one, if if you're, you know, if you're Shamar James, if you're Amari Bernie, if you're Ventro Miller, if he plays, if you're Derek Wingo, if you're Scooby Williams, if you're Dewan Black, if he gets on the field, if you get that one on one with a running back, you better win that battle because they're bad pass protectors. You better win that battle. Simple as that. Tight ends, they stay into pass block. I don't want to say. I don't want to say often, but they do that. That's something that they rotate in. Same way Florida uses Dante Zanders as a pass protector every now and then. It's what they do. More importantly, with the protection, I think that this is the week we see Javon Dexter play more nose tackle than we've seen him play. And that does not mean to take Desmond Watson or Jalen Lee off the field. Rotate them, play, play them as massive three techs. But Javon Dexter should be lining up at the zero, head up with that center, Cooper Mays, because Cooper Mays this year, he's struggled in pass protection. He hasn't given up a ton of pressures or sacks or anything, but I was watching the pit game. I, I was I watched every Tennessee game this season. He's not doing a great job. He's getting help, and that, that's what's keeping him kind of looking better statistically. But get a good interior pass rusher in his face. Get after Hendon Hooker. Get right into Hendon Hooker's lap. Have your contain set up and cook them. Cook them. Simple as that. That's what you got to look for if you're this Florida Gators defense. We're about to talk about the depth chart and injuries and notable things there. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about the Florida Gators depth chart, which came out on Wednesday night, of course. Uh, a few changes, a few very notable changes. And it's something... It was a depth chart that was... Um, it gave hope, we'll say. I don't want to say. Actually, I don't even want to say give hope. It was nice, okay? It was it was an optimistic depth chart release. Uh, Ventro Miller has gone from out last week to questionable this week. I personally still don't think he'll play. Uh, you know, he was in a walking boot last week on the sidelines. Uh, it's, it's hard to go from walking boot on one Saturday to playing another Saturday. If he does play, he's going to be a rotational player. Like Even if he's active, I don't think he plays much. I think that they'll save him for late drives with communication, or maybe actually early drives and late drives. They'll, they'll just use him to start the game to get off hot, and they'll use him later on to kind of finish strong with your communicator, make sure there's no issues there. But I, I don't think we see him play much, if at all. Um, I feel like questionable is like, yeah, he's we don't expect him to play, but you know, Tennessee has to worry about his availability, which is one of the reasons I think that he could be listed as available, but won't play a ton. Maybe he'll come in on goal line situations or obvious run situations. And it's like, okay, 
you you need to be the one to make the play here. Like you need to make the call here. We can't have these screw ups, and that's part of it. Because I know last week they struggled with communications. Um, Jaden Hill was listed as probable, which is fun because Jaden Hill, of course, was the projected starting corner going into the 2021 Gator season, tore his ACL right before the season. And so it was Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm rotating in opposite Kyir Elam. Now it is Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm as the two primary outside corners with Jalen Kimber and Devin Moore rotating in. And Jaden Hill could be making his season debut. Look, I, I want I want to see him play. I do. Um, I don't care if he comes in for one snap. I want to see Jaden Hill play. It's been a very, very long time. So, yeah, I, I want to see him play. I want to see him get a little bit of run and see what happens. But, again, he, like Ventrell, I think even if they do play, they won't play much. Jaden Hill especially because he hasn't played in over a year. Um, he hasn't played in, what, 15 months now almost? So I, I don't think that he'll be playing much for the next few weeks, really. I think they would kind of ease him into that, especially because it's not like cornerback is this, this massively struggling position, so you don't need to rush him in. Uh, I know he's had setbacks or whatever, but I think that he'll rotate in um, and continue rotating in. Desmond Watson and Shamar James listed as starters. I know that on this past Wednesday's episode, I uh, – I, I, tried to make predictions. I said Desmond Watson should be starting over Jalen Lee at nose tackle. He is. Desmond Watson has been playing phenomenal football so far, especially given his expectations going into the season. Desmond Watson has been a beast. I expect nothing less from him. I expect him to continue to pick up more snaps through the season and continue being his dominant self. Uh, And Shamar James also on Wednesday. I said either Shamar James or Derek Wingo should be listed as the starting off-ball linebacker for the Florida Gators because – Last week, when Ventra Miller was ruled out and Scooby Williams was named a starter, Billy Napier said this is an opportunity for him to show himself, to prove himself as the communicator, as a leader. I think that Scooby Williams did a very bad job of that, specifically just being a communicator. Uh, I, I noted on Tape Tuesday, I was like, look, Travis Johnson looks like he's the one telling the defense what to do. Um so I, I said, you know, it should be Derek Wingo or Shamar James give someone else the opportunity. Shamar James, at least as a starter. Maybe, or not even maybe, he would be the one that wouldn't be on the field if Ventra Miller does play. Um, but again, I think even if Ventra Miller does play, he will be limited. And also, less positive news, Jack Miller III, the starting backup quarterback going into the year, and Michael Tarpin, the starting right tackle, Still out, uh, Jack Miller III. You know, we're, we're seeing what's going to happen with him, but hopefully soon he'll be cleared to be full go. Michael Tarquin, we'll see what happens with that one. Austin Barber has been playing very well. Um, he, he, Austin Barber's playing like he wants to be out there, and that's something that you can never take away from him, so that's something that's incredibly exciting and uh, makes me very excited for the future, by the way, with Austin Barber. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to preview Florida versus Tennessee with Tyler Fornis, as we always do on Saturdays for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.